everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide, your insider's guide to all things franchising in the local area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guy. This is the place for advocacy, resources, and education on all things small business and franchising in the local area. And by the way, it's a great place for local entrepreneurs to stop by if they're just trying to learn more about the franchising field. And as you all know, not every episode we do here is on franchising specifically, but on entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs' stories, which is a great transition to my introduction to today's guest, Jennifer Lee. Jennifer, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks so much, Blake, for having me. I um, am super glad to be here and share my story. I did not go to college thinking I was going to become an entrepreneur, and here I am. So um, I founded Entry Envy in October of 2021, mm-hmm. and we so are pretty recently, very recently, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, but uh, you know, it's it, your perspective changes. Um, I'm truly in a startup world, and I always say it's like having a baby. I this is this company that outgrows clothes every six to eight weeks, mm-hmm. and. Uh, my perception of time is gone because I work 120 hours a week. And so what, you know, you used to do in 40 hours a week, I've done three weeks worth of work already in one week and time just moves so much faster. And then you've got um, the startup world where, you know, small businesses, you can still pivot. You don't have the pure accuracy. You want it done. You just do it. And it's, it's just changes everything. It's unbelievable. But Backing up to that, um, that's not how I started. I, yeah. When I graduated from college, uh, we were still in the days of pre-internet at that point, very early onset of it. Um, and my first job out of college was managing a half a million dollar marketing budget for a plastic surgery group. I had a blast. I was the marketing director. It was so much fun. I was there for five years. And then I got recruited through friends of friends of, of parents, friends, I'm pretty sure into the field of law. And I was the executive director for, uh, law firms for 18 years, two different firms, nine years, 18 years total. Yeah. And, um, that, laid a really strong foundation for me for what I'm doing today that took me uh, all of the last two years to kind of appreciate. Um, I never thought I would own my own company. Um, At some point I thought about, I went back from my MBA about 10 years ago um, and thought I would start maybe a law firm practice consulting company. And I had gone pretty far down that road and written a book on how to manage a small law and how to manage a law firm and had um, conversations with a consultant out of New York who was willing to sell me his practice. And um, it seemed like everything would make sense, but I was building a business I didn't want. I realized that I just, um, lawyers are incredibly smart people that I enjoy working with because they ask challenging questions. They are mm-hmm. naturally pessimistic, analytical, and skeptical. And that is what has made me so well prepared for what I have today. But I also, um, it, it takes a lot of energy. It's a very negative energy that you're constantly combating. Um, your, my positive energy was always saying, no, 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 we can do this. It's going to be fine. You know? (laughs) And I just was like, I don't know if I have enough for me to be this cheerleader, um, and, and constantly go against the grain working in the legal field for the next 30 or 40 years of my career, even though I knew I would be very good and very successful at it. So when I had this realization and I feel like so much of my life has been about (laughs) learning what I don't want to do or what's not working and nothing that's ever discouraged me. And, um, you know, you know, a little bit about that on the entrepreneur story, uh, you know, that I share in, in starting entry envy, but 
you have to do everything to learn what you don't want to do or what isn't right. And it's not failure. It's just feedback. You, you move on. And so I, you know, when I went down this path of realizing I didn't want to own this law firm practice consulting business that I thought about starting. I thought, well, great. Now I've got a $50,000 education. What am I going to do with that? You know, (laughs) and a book that I wrote and all this other stuff. So I just kind of put it on the shelf. I finished my degree and, um, time went on and it wasn't until January of 2020 that I got divorced March of COVID, March 2020 COVID hits, of course. And so I found myself August 1st of 2020 buying a house at the peak of the market, um, you know, during the middle of a divorce. And if you've been through this, it's complicated from a financial perspective, to say the least. And um, houses were flying off the market if they even made it to the market in 12 to 24 hours with $50,000 over asking price. So I moved into a fixer upper because that was all I could afford. And my dad had been in construction for 40 years. And so I would never been afraid of paintbrushes and drills and hammers. And I was stuck in. I was like, well, this is what I've got. So I'm going to work with it and make it the best I can with what I've got. Mm -hmm. So I had about 1800 hours of sweat equity in that house. I would manage the law firm virtually all day long. And then I would come home. Uh, Well, I would still guess be at home. I would take care of my children after school or whatnot. And then I painted and refinished floors and laid back splashes and just did all of the work. And in about nine months later, I was almost done with the remodel. And I came home every day and looked at the front porch and it made me sad because my my home that I had left was considerably more expensive. And I'm such a big believer in first impressions. They form every everything that you think when you walk into a space to meet somebody at an office, to a party, to a restaurant, to your home included. And how that makes you feel at a subconscious level is important. It's, it frames the next few moments and perhaps the next several hours or day. So I came home every day looking at this house that looked very different on the outside from what the inside did because the inside now looks brand new, but I was out of time, money, and energy. And I'm like, how do I add curb appeal without spending a lot of that? So I thought, well, I'll paint the garage door. I'll paint the front door. I'll update the light fixture. And I got to move these house numbers. They're above the garage door. They're old. They're crooked. You can't see them. And I thought, well, so I start Googling modern house number signs. And first thing I learned was that was boring. Like there was just (laughs) nothing out there. And then I found one that had a little planter box on the front. And I'm like, well, that's kind of cute. But what are you going to plant in it? It didn't come with anything. And I thought, we live in Nebraska. You know, if you put flowers in there, you're going to only be able to keep them alive for four or maybe five months out of the year. You're going to have to water them twice a day. Then you're going to rot the wood. You got water all over the front porch. And who has time for that, right? So, but me, I go out to the garage, I got all the wood, I got everything. So I go make make it anyway. And I went to three different hardware stores and found the numbers that I wanted. And they, of course, didn't have them in gold. So then I buy out a can of spray paint. And so I now I spray paint my numbers. So I get the sign done. And now I'm back to the planner box. And I'm like, well, what am I going to put in this? So I take it to the craft store and I stand there for 45 minutes trying to figure out, it was right before Easter, what to put in this. So, you know, I find you know, I had to buy 12 tulips. I only needed three. I had to buy a whole bag of Spanish moss, even though I only needed this much, you know, like, so all this stuff. So I finally get out of there, get home. Now I have to find my wire cutters. I got to figure out something to poke in this little Robin's egg that I bought because he's going to blow away. And Spanish moss is all over the garage. And I get done with this. And first of all, it was the cutest thing I'd ever seen. Second of all, it was a ton of work. And I thought, and I thought watering flowers twice a day was going to be bad <laughs> because I realized that Easter was over in two weeks and I was going to have to do this every month. So I went back to Google and I started checking to see who shipped faux floral holiday and seasonal decor. 
front porch decor, exterior holiday decor, like started going through everything. And the answer was no one, absolutely no one. And so I had this darling sign that was um, able to identify my home in a welcoming way, made it visible from the street and a cute little planner's box to be able to decorate easily for the holidays and seasons. Mm -hmm. But I was going to have to do the work. And it was one of those God moments where I just saw a business on the table. It was all in in front of me. I was like, not everybody needs house numbers, but women love to have a way to identify their home. And they could have a monogram. They could have a last name. They could say welcome. And this is the perfect reoccurring revenue model if there ever was a subscription box because exterior decor, unlike interior decor, you can't keep. You got to throw it away. I mean, the bugs move into it, the wind blows it away, the rain and the snow, you just, you know, you just can't, you just toss it. And so, um, I spent the next 48 hours just really thinking through how was I going to build this business and, um, decided to move forward and launch it. And, uh, We've had a lot of success after that point. So I'm glad I left and didn't look back. Uh, but there's some steps that I can cover, and, and that it was a big leap, really big leap. I can only imagine, <laughs> and we're going to talk about that. First of all, thank you for the backstory. It's fascinating. Like the, the person that never thought they're going to be an entrepreneur, but there was obviously always an itch there. And then the moment came based mm-hmm. upon the need that you had identified yourself. Mm-hmm. So that is very interesting. Now, fast forward a little, right? You referenced uh, you were going through a a challenging time, like many entrepreneurs do. But when I've heard you tell this story before, so cheating here a little bit, yes, I've heard the story before, which is why I wanted you on the show. You made some major changes in just your philosophy on life and how you looked at things. And Mm -hmm. that tended to parallel with your decision for how you were going to move forward with the business, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. You know, so from a timing perspective, I came up with this concept in April of 2021, and I was still managing a law firm full-time that was going through a merger at the time. So I was working 60 to 80 hours a week for the law firm. I'm managing my, um, I'm still doing my remodel because I was not 100% done at mm-hmm. night. And then I decided to start this business. And so my time was uh, divided in three ways um, for a period, and it became apparent to me um, that it was going to be challenging to do that for an extended amount of time. I was going to have to pick a lane. So I finished my remodel. Um, It took me five months to build out the back end of the business. And then we launched in October of 2021. And two weeks before the launch... I went to the board of directors at my firm and I said, I have to tell you what I've been working on. And uh, they said, are you quitting? I said, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very honest response. (laughs) Not yet. And, and I said, uh, here's the deal guys. I, you know, I've been, I've been working on a company. Um, I'm really excited about it. And I said, uh, I'm just, all I can tell you is I'm going to launch it. And I'm not going to try and pretend this is a hobby or a side job because you guys know me better than anybody. You know, my work ethic is not half assing anything like I'm going to go in, I'm going to go all in. So, um, you know, I, what I can tell you is that I will be the first one to come to you when I don't feel ethically, I can with high integrity do both jobs at the same time. And 
then I will, and I'll let you know, and we'll figure it out at that point. I said, but if I never come to you, we're going to forget this conversation ever happened, you know? <laughs> They're like, okay, fair. Uh, so December, um, in December, I went to a conference at the beginning and spent a couple of days on myself and on my business uh, and just really reflected about what do I want to think about for the next year and my goals and my intentions. And I've always been a very goal-oriented person, but I think it's sometimes more thought of in the perspective of a business and in businesses that I've worked for than my own personal goals. And I was at a different point in time because I was single. I was a single mom with two kids. I didn't have to weigh into somebody else's hopes, dreams, and wishes. I really just needed to focus on myself and how was I going to be able to support my children and my own future and what did that look like having this company now uh, as, as a sort of just, I mean, just launched, two months old, really didn't know what I was doing yet at all, still trying to kind of find the light switches. And I went to this conference and um, I, I'm a big believer in coaches. And this coach who I had not hired yet uh, believed in me more than I believed in myself, first of all. And I think that that's so important that you surround yourself with people who do, because I think especially as entrepreneurs, you get into the weeds. I am, my number one strength is strategic. I can look at somebody else's company and say, this is what you should do. Boom, 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 boom. Right. But my own company, oh, it's so hard, right? It's, it's your baby. Yeah. It's personal. You're in it. And, um, it's much more difficult for me to step outside of my own walls and, and other people can see the possibility they can see and say, no, the, the future is bright. Keep going. You're right. fine. You yeah. know, right. And yeah. you need that. I, I definitely need that. I think entrepreneurship is so hard and so much harder than I ever thought it would be. Um, and this coach said, you know, I, somebody asked in the room, it wasn't me. She said, when do you know when to quit your day job? And he said, don't quit your job when you've replaced your income. Quit your job when you know how to replace your income. And that was the light bulb for me. I thought, I know how to do this. I don't know that I have the confidence to do it yet, but I know how. And the next thing that he said was referenced a book. And I know that um, this episode is supposed to be PG-13, but the reference in the book is 99% a bitch, 100% a breeze. And it's really about like, until unless you are going all in, you're always going to be working with that 99% effort and never getting a hundred percent return result. And that made sense to me. And I was like, this is exactly what I feel like. And so, um, I had a, a kind of another thing happened with one of our staff members and I had to make some changes at the firm. And I knew that I couldn't just, I couldn't explain to somebody what I was doing without actually being more honest and realizing my, I, I was going out of the mix at some point in the near yeah. future. And I just took a big, deep breath and I decided that there was never going to be a good time to quit a job, a six-figure corporate income as a single mom with two kids, like ever. And so I thought it's now or never, and I'm always going to wonder if I don't try. And so I went into the chairman's office on December 30th of 2021 and said, got five minutes. And he goes, it's time, isn't it? I said, yep, it's time. And so I jumped. And, um, you know, when you take that leap of faith. You jump off of a boat in the middle of the ocean without a life jacket. Uh -huh. You got to swim and you got to be strategic about it. But there is a drive and a fire that is irreplaceable. And I, I would have had any other safety nets. If I would have had a plan B, if I would have had a spouse, if I would have had a part-time job, I would not have worked as hard as I have to ensure that I have given everything to this company and 
if it fails, and I hate to even say that word because I don't believe in my heart of hearts that it will, but I would know that I gave it my all. I would know that I did everything that I could and I need that peace for myself. And so a lot of people, they just say, how have you done what you have done in less than two years? And I think it all comes down to no plan B. Like I, I gave it all. I did give myself a contract of a year when I quit. I had gone through my finances and I said, okay, I can survive for one year. Okay. I can finance this company. And if I, if it's not working, we're not going to keep driving the tank off the cliff, right? Like it, then I'm out. But, um, I had already won in June of 2022, the best new subscription of the year award from the subscription trade association. Um, so six months after, you know, I had put in my notice, we were already there. Um, we ended at the first year I launched, we had 40 subscribers. So in three months we'd had 40 subscribers and by no means at $30 a month was I replacing my current income at that level. Right. (laughs) But by the end of December of 2022, which was my one year contract, I had 300. And so when you look at the percentage of growth, it was tremendous in a short period of time. And there was enough traction there to say, we're doing something right. But I also had learned at that point that starting a company is super expensive, but success is even more expensive. And then you have a product-based business on top of that. And now we have cash flow issues, right? So then I'm like, all right, I know where I want this to go. And I am a go big or go home kind of person. How am I going to go now from here to here? And that's where that strategic comes in. So I started looking at my other options Mm -hmm. and I got involved in the startup community in Omaha, which was amazing. And I think it all comes down to one of my favorite books, of who, not how, right? And I am a relationship-driven person. It is about knowing the right people to talk to and knowing how do all of those those relationships that you have in your network. And for me, I'd built over 25 years, connect the dots, right? And so um, that was how I got into that community. And I just kept going, kept showing up, kept connecting dots. And then um, it, we were accepted into an accelerator program and had the first investment of $100,000 into our company. And the pieces just keep flowing, right? Like it's, it, but it's all just continuing to connect dots, but it's also continuing to just lean into the fear, right? Like that's the number one thing that holds everybody back. And I am scared every day. I mean, all day, twice on Sundays. That's still that quote from Reshma. Um, she's amazing. And, you know, but it's true. Like, it's hard. It's not easy. And there's there's always the side of, and I think you need those people around you that just say, you got this. Keep going. We see you from the outside. There's no problem. Because right around the corner, all the time, there's that little fear of going like, what if, what yeah. if, what if, you yeah. know, and, uh, I have the utmost amount of respect for entrepreneurs that have the courage to take the leap. And, um, you know, you don't get paid for a long time in this gig and it is a long game. And, you know, I, I think certainly franchising is a more proven model, right? You've looked at the numbers. Somebody else already took that gamble to a large extent. You have to do the work, but the theory is, is there's a model here. If you follow it, it works. Right. And, um, my world is very different than that. No one has ever done this. We are the first and only exterior home decor subscription box. And, um, it's a product that people don't know about. I have to explain it all the time. It's not just like lipstick or, you know, I mean, you know, it's not just, it's not another SAS product. I mean, something that is novel out there. And so, um, but it's so much fun. And <laughs> I am telling you, you know, and you know, this, it's just education you can't buy. It is education you yeah. can't buy, and I wouldn't change Segway it. Segway there, because you gave us a great opening. 
we haven't said exactly what your business is and how people get a hold of you. So tell our audience. <laughs> <laughs> well, so if you are interested in learning more, go to entryenvy.com or follow us at entryenvy anywhere that you are social. Um, we are an exterior home decor subscription company. So you create a one-time custom product with a house number or a monogram or a last name. Um, we have interior versions for apartments and assisted living facilities. And then you choose if you want a quarterly or a monthly subscription and we ship you faux floral, no water required, a decoration to celebrate all the holidays and all the seasons every month. So won't rot your own wood. Yes, it won't <laughs> rot your wood. Yes, it will not. So yeah, we absolutely love it. And um, we created a special discount for your viewers that they can find in the show oh, notes. Oh, well, hold on. Let me sharpen my pen. <laughs> so it's 20% off Heartland Franchise Guy. And well, there you go. And all you have to do. Enter that at checkout, and uh, we'll make sure that your, your, your listeners get 20% off their order. Fantastic. And everybody knows the QR code on the bottom of the screen. You can use that if you didn't catch that information and you want to reach out to us and find out. Wait, what was that again? So it's Heartland, Heartland Franchise, Franchise Guy. guy. That's and the it's on code. Entry Envy, yep. right? EntryEnvy, right? Like, EntryEnvy.com. As an entryway, yep. EntryEnvy.com. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. I do have one additional question for yeah. you. Well, actually, two additional questions because you brought one of them up. You're right. There's a lot of differences between what you did and joining a franchise, although one day maybe you'll end up franchising this. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, absolutely. I have a feeling that you have ambitions beyond just a single location, mm. single operator. You know, the hard thing about being an entrepreneur is they have more ideas than time all the time, right? <laughs> I but, don't know what you're talking about. Oh my gosh, right? <laughs> like that's, I've, I've, I've hired two people to like help me stay in my lane, right? Like don't, don't, mm-hmm. don't do this other thing yet. Um, no, there's a lot of opportunity. I am a huge advocate for um, employing more women in trades and manufacturing specifically. Uh, we need to, those two industries are and, and not even just those industries. I mean, COVID changed everything about people's work expectations. And mm-hmm. women, more so than than the majority of the population, just require more flexibility in their world. They are moms and daughters and sisters and brothers and wives and granddaughters and um, friends. And in order to, to be able to multitask as well as women do... Uh, they have to be able to manage their schedule and they don't need a lot of oversight. They need to have more of a task-based job of this is what needs to get done. Give me the key. I'll get it done in the next 24 hours. And I might, it might take me five trips back and forth. I might do some of it at home, right? Like whatever. (laughs) That is not how the world of trades and manufacturing today runs. These are like, we're going to be on a job site at 7am and start. Well, guess what? The moms are still getting the kids dressed and, you know, lunch is made and out right. the door for school. And I, I am stereotyping a little bit, but those are very traditional yeah. roles where the majority, I mean, the, the percentages of women in those in those um, fields is so low. And on the franchising side, um, there's a, a very interesting opportunity to explore this into assisted living facilities. And there are so many women who are either stay-at-home part-time moms, you know, they're full-time moms, but they're stay-at-home part-time, or they are retired but don't really want to be retired and are looking for things to do. And um, there is a tremendous need in the senior population because, of course, it's the fastest-growing segment. So how can we help um, keep those lives enriched? And, you know, I always joke, I'm like, we're not saving lives. We're just really bringing fun 
decor and experiences and celebrating holidays and seasons for people. But we need smiles in the world too. And so um, I am looking at all of the different ways to em- engage women over the course of the next, you know, five, 10 years um, and help serve the population at all different levels and provide the flexibility that they need and enrich seniors' lives. And franchising is definitely in the the scope. Well, and if I could say so, back to manufacturing and trades and bringing more women into it, you've practiced what you preach. Yeah. You brought several women into your operations, including your own mother, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, our business is really twofold. It's, it's, it feels, um, honestly, in some ways separate. When you order one of our custom products, uh, that has to be, it's touched, it's painted, it's sanded, it's, it's made. Um, and my, the, the team members that I have working on that are young women. They're either high school, college, right out of college. They love it. They're very creative. Um, and then on the subscription box fulfillment side, so now they're, you know, getting the reoccurring deliveries. Uh, that is a different labor force that's serving in that space. Okay. And they're amazing. Led by my mom. And she's handling making, you know, that that team. But this is crafting. I mean, one of my team members <laughs> says, I get paid to craft every day, you know. So it's, you know, we're making little faux floral arrangements. And we're, you know, sometimes it's cutting paper and we're cricketing signs and all sorts of really fun stuff. So um, I think that that is a different client, a different labor pool that will always be different. So I recently divided the two um, businesses because I needed space. So half of it, the manufacturing of the signs is in a different space where it can get a little dirtier. Mm-hmm. And the other half is we don't want anything getting dirty in the decorations that people are getting. And it's going to be an interesting experiment to see um how well that works. But I think I, I have every indication it's actually the, the right direction to go for the business. Fantastic. Yeah. Always thinking about the next step. Oh, that's the problem, right? Like right. I'm not in tomorrow. I'm already 10 years down the road, <laughs> but it's so much fun. <laughs> Jennifer, I could literally sit here and listen to you tell your story and your plans and how you think things through all day. But I know you're a busy lady, <laughs> so, but I am going to sneak in one more really important yeah. question, particularly for a, a goal-oriented person like yourself. So the question is, Jennifer Lee, what do you hope your 80-year-old self says about you someday? Mm. That's a really interesting question. I um, just uh, was reading the last lecture, and you know, I think a lot about what do I want the, the end story to be. Um, it's, it, it does, I, I, to some extent, I don't know because the story's still being written. You know, I look at life as just chapters and, uh, the, I am working on a book that I haven't really told anybody about, you know, cause entrepreneurs sometimes do a lot of things we don't tell people about, but, um, Oh, this is in your free time? In yeah. Your spare time? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe when I'm <laughs> sleeping for a couple hours at night or whatever that'd be, but, um, it's, it's every path has a purpose. And it's that sometimes it takes a really long time, like 20 years to understand why this, why what happened here mattered and made a difference here. And that you have to just ultimately trust the process. I mean, quit trying to write the book because he already has, right? And so it's just, um, my belief is just get up, dress up, show up, um, do your best, uh, do the right thing and Trust the plan, trust the universe, trust God, trust yourself, trust your team members, trust, you know, those, those 
just trust the process. That's the easiest way to say. So I don't know where I'll be when I'm, when I'm 80, but I know that I'm living with that philosophy. And um, I know that when I look back at that point, I will have lived a life that I was proud of and that I know that I did my best and I trusted the process. That's a great answer and a very authentic answer. Mm. Thank you so Thank much you. for spending time with us today. Jennifer Lee with Entry Envy, EntryEnvy.com. Have something for you oh. because it occurred to me that, you know, if people play their cards right, one day they're going to walk in shoes or socks like yours. I love it. By Thank the way, this you. is making Dylan very jealous because he doesn't have any socks yet. But, well, come so. on. You got to help the production guys Oh, out. don't worry. I got sure. his back. He'll get three pairs. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks to everybody for joining us for another episode. Remember, again, if you want to get information on Entry Envy and Jennifer's story, you can always hit the QR code at the bottom of the screen, and that'll get you in touch with us, and we'll be happy to make sure that we make a connection for you. EntryEnvy.com, that's Jennifer Lee's business. We really appreciate you being with us today. We want to thank all of you for being along for the ride once again. And remember, don't keep us a secret or Jennifer Lee's story a secret. Subscribe, follow, share, and like so that we can see you here again soon. Thank you all, and we'll see you again soon on another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide. A Huda Media Production.